0: Welcome, live stream, Friday afternoon, episode 183. I thought we'd do a little live stream, and we're still going to have some topics. We're going to go over some lost episodes of the Between Two Wheels podcast and your lost season. They correlate, and who's behind this all? UK, they have some, uh, some issues, some legal issues, some optical issues. We're also going to talk about, maybe this is a new thing, breaking the COVID bubble. Uh, some things to make you go, hmm, some winners and losers. What's been on tap for local racing, riding, that is, and all your comments coming up now. And you know what? I, you, can, you, can, you can join in the show. You can um, you can make your comments known. I will put them right up on screen, and we will have a discussion of them if you want to join in. I, I put, posted this out, so if you're live and you want to join in, that's perfectly fine. If not, I'm just going to do a show. I'm just going to do a regular show and um, thought maybe, you know, maybe we can put some um, interest into what you think is a good time to do this. Um, Personally, if I do a live stream like this, um, I just, and and actually this is what you're seeing here is going to, Oh, I got some people coming in and look, this is the great thing when you're watching online, I can put this right up on the screen. John Novikov says, hi mom. And he says oh shiz and I, don't, I don't know what that means to neither one welcome john um maybe a good time you can let me know when would this because this is how i do it I, I set up the show i actually stream it to private on uh on youtube and then it's just ready to go and to do a little edit, bit of editing for the audio portions later on. Um, so uh, as I'm gonna go through here, we'll talk about some things. If you have some comments, we'll put them up on the show and we'll, we'll walk through and have a, a good conversation. If John's the only one, maybe we'll just have him join us. Uh, I don't know what your video's like, you know, last time you were in, in your house there. Um, some lost episodes on the B2W podcast. So I was doing, I was trying to go back and, and see some things and I suddenly noticed that episodes 159 to 176 were all completely removed from the catalog on the podcast catchers so it was just gone and i kind of freaked out sent a request into uh my podcast provider uh they came back and said uh, look 159 happened to be the one where i started i took the breakdown of the, the florida kid with the cop so maybe that had something to do with it i don't know um anyway we're posting those back up slowly but surely i'm just doing two or three or four a day uh we're all the way through 164 now so we'll do a few of those just to kind of i want to get them back into the catalog because it's it's interesting to, uh, for you know to go back and ever uh, there's some good interviews there uh, jason williams was missed uh jonathan baker was missed paul mitchell was missed uh, jonathan scriven uh any of those that i was doing kind of over the break uh, just kind of out the window so We'll add some of those back in and you uh, know, it was actually fun and what prompted me to do this was there was a live stream of Barry Yanni and I had posted that back up and I was listening to that. Kurt had mentioned something about it and it was, uh, it, was uh, it was fun to, to listen to the to live stream, get the interactions um, and it was also, um, it's just easier like I said to kind of just, oh, so what do we have kind of the news of the week? Well. Velo Promo, they have announced uh, that they're closing shop for the 2020 season, and maybe I get their actual note here, uh, their announcement online, and we can just take a look at it all together. Uh, so basically, they're saying, we're, we're done and over. Uh, we can't really, we can't do this for the rest of the year. So, uh, you know, good luck in, on your racing. Um, it's a little small. How about a little bigger there? Okay. So Velo Promo, riders, officials, and other friends, current news. Uh, Given the continuing issues with COVID-19 here in California and given state and local health and other county and city agencies' mandates and advisements, and they they covered it all there, um, Velopromo has no choice but to cancel the remainder of the racing season for 2020. Hope for a better year and return to racing in 2021. Very sad. Uh, They go on to say, we have one possible exception, the Athlon TT scheduled for (laughs) September 5 south of Merced. Okay, so we've got uh, maybe that going. Merced County has not yet given us permit to, the, and this is a problem. Uh, I think it's permitting is going to be an issue. Or in you know a lot of those counties, maybe they're like cities. Hey, we're we're good with it, but it's the optics involved. But if they do, we can only operate the race under guidelines and within the safety and health of all concerned. It will take cooperation of everyone to make it work, including da da da, da, da. Twelve days racing we had in 2020. Early birds: Cantua, Flat, pen, Pine Flat, Snelling, Merced, Madera may be all that we can do this year. We are sorry that we cannot do, uh, other than the 18 planned. We can financially survive next. If we can financially survive next year, we plan to be back with all 30 race days, including Santa Cruz, Copperopolis, Patterson pass, Dunnigan winters, Juro Oakland, and the rest on the Northern California 2021 schedule. Thank you for your support and participation in Villa Promo races since 1978. So, um, Boom, they're gone. Uh, it's kind of just a premonition of really what we're going to be seeing happening, I think, more and more. I don't even know how the world tour stuff. You know, they said, there, I saw a news report today, a little blurb basically saying um, the financial status of the world, of the, the health of the world tour is only going to be determined of if the tour can go on or not. In other words, the tour doesn't go. This could be, they're saying, could be the end of it. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not but it's it's uh obviously interesting what came about with this uh velo promo was then some people and, th- and this has been going around for a little while but um trying to do a GoFundMe to raise some funds for Velo promo and I just thought maybe we would post out uh what we had with that as well so Velo promo making history of Velo promo Mary maroon had organized this it says here twelve thousand dollars of five thousand dollar goals so they've obviously gone over that and I, and I just also got a text here, or not a text, but I saw this on um, on Facebook, Jason Grafath had posted, Thirsty Bear Cycling just sent a chunk of our 2020 racing budget to the Promo GoFundMe. Jason, you couldn't have d- deviated that to the uh, South Canal Time Trial Series? Uh, with racing canceled this year, we are asking all teams that can to do the same. Let's keep VP and their awesome races alive 2020. So that was really cool of thirsty bear to do that. Uh, will data driven athlete, will they be able to do that? Well, here's our racing budget. We don't <laughs> really have a racing budget. Our writers kind of kick everything in themselves and that's uh but you know, it's not a bad thing to, to go ahead and donate. I mean, look, I almost six, uh, sorry, $13,000, $12,500 of the five grand goal. I think that's going to maybe help them out. Maybe you're going to get a little softer cotton, Shirt. If you end up winning a race or getting in the top six or so at a VeloProMo race, because of this, I mean that could be the benefit. I, I might donate um, more just because of the possibility of getting a, a, a softer shirt. Those shirts are, are like burlap. But we do think um, we do think uh, VeloProMo for their efforts and their work. And hey, go, go donate to that if you if you want to. Um, UK cycling. I thought these were some interesting. In, 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 oh let's let's go back here John Novikoff says, permit insurance issues not lack of rider interest, not with sixty fit guys showing up for every training ride, maybe this changes rider attendance when the season opens up well, uh assuming the season opens up right john um you're right with that, but I think you get you there's even within that, you know, we've had shows here, right? Security versus liberty, and there's still a lot of that going on. So, you know, with the, the extra restrictions. My wife just went out to a place uh, and her friend, and they're even if you're sitting outside now, you can't just have a drink. You have to have food with that because they are closing bars. So that's the way they're doing it. Even with the restaurants, you can't just you have to actually order food. With a drink, so if you just want to get an adult beverage or a Coke or Pepsi or whatever. Um, so anyway, the point is these things are being very restricted, and um, permitting is 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 a problem with these little towns and these little municipalities and cities because I think even if the the, the fathers in the town and the city council and everything they want to go forward with it. Um, there's probably a few in there that would push back and then they don't want to get licensing issues going on with, you know, their, whatever they al- else have in the town. That's kind of how the crackdown is now. Hey, we're not going to go send the police in there. We're just going to send the quasi police, which is we're going to pull your liquor license. We're going to do some other things like that. And, um, you know, it doesn't just mean that um, the liquor license forces, uh, the SMUD and all those that they don't have a police force. I saw a SMUD truck out there not too long ago. Full on looked like an armored um, SUV. So. Hey, Smud, come shut you down just like that. Um, thanks for the comment. Uh, UK Cycling, they had they had <laughs> two news stories came out here, and and, and and this is a slow news day. This is why I'm trying to do a live stream if you guys want to join in. We have, i don't think that John's the only one. John and I are, are participating here. Um, but if you have any other questions or other comments, we'll definitely go on those routes. But um, there was an issue that came up uh, recently with uh, the British Cycling, and there are 20... 12 olympics and british cyclist part of secret ketones trial for the 2020 london olympic games riders were warned of potential anti-doping complications and side effects uh what's what's kind of interesting let's go there what's kind of interesting about this one you read through it it's not illegal um the ketones is here As a matter of fact remember tom Dumoulin just went from sunweb he went over to jumbo visma right and with Jumbo-Visma, they were part of the—I don't want to say the MPCC. That's an extra doping uh, council that tries to hold you to higher standards. We talked about that before, where uh, Chris Horner had, had trouble because his Lampre team was in there. He was trying to then ride the uh, the Vuelta, but he still was taking some cortisone stuff. He was within the legal limits, but not within the MPCC. So the, um, Dumoulin decided to cut out of the MPCC altogether. He says, oh, look, they're not taking writer's health serious enough with COVID. And so they're somewhat hypocritical. And yeah, maybe I'm a little hypocritical, but I'm, I'm gonna pull out because they, they deem that um, ketones are not appropriate. And I think they are, well, the team pushes that, to, the jumbo team. Anyway, um, so he's been on board with that. And this was a study back here in the Olympics. And it doesn't say which, it, does it say just cyclists? Yes, it says cyclists. So they had them sign some waiver. They let them know that there could be some possible, um, side effects. Some of them cut out of the, um, so let's just read some of this here. Ketones, a synthetic form of energy source produced during fasting are not banned under anti-doping rules, but have caused ethical concerns given their supposed performance enhancing effects and health concerns given the potential side effects. So. Anyway, this this info was coming out, came out here. Athletes uh, had to sign waivers to accept full responsibility for any associated risks along with non-disclosure agreements to keep, all, keep it all private. In order to counter any negative perceptions and publicity arising from the potential leak, UK Sports was set to launch a PR plan focused on Team GB being ahead of the curve compared to its competitors. So it sounds a little sky like on this. Um, Water might exercise their right to regulate and collect blood samples and retrospectively test old samples. This may occur if there were under any pressure from the media to, ex- if the concept was to leak. However, ketosis, this is a part of the, the thing they signed, I think, it is a temporary physiological state and would be difficult to prove or test with any post-event samples. Um, anyway, it was, <clears throat> part of this too was talked about cyclists going through there and actually withdrawing from it during the actual um during the olympics so you I find what that is because they were they were having some issues uh some side effects that are talked about here throwing up nausea um there's, there's health concerns I don't, I don't see it in this article necessarily but it is interesting that they uh they had this process going and and part of the problem with you when you look at that and you're you're reading there and there and the the the, the condemnation of the, what this whole issue is, is these riders still have agency. And you know, I don't know why in during the Olympics, you're thinking that this is going to be the time that you want to test something brand new. I mean, um, for a lot of riders, they're just, they're, they're really not, <laughs> they're not doing that at all. They're just, they're kind of going to what they normally do. You don't want to deviate too far. You've got this plan, you know what to do on race day. And why are you going to then muck it up with some, um, secret little, uh, scenario here with the ketones. Um, whether they work or not that's another interesting factor and it doesn't really say anything if if this whole process came out uh what also made me think of that situation that had been just a little bit ago was um that for this other story in the news here um, former track sprinter jess varnish loses appeal in british cycling case um so what's what's also kind of interesting that she's track this goes back to Sutton who had been with them. I'm trying to remember if I don't think he had, he'd had been with sky and then and, and team GB and there was all kinds of accusations about him harassing and sexually. And, and, and when you look at that, it's like, well, he had called some of them bad names and that wasn't also good. But what's interesting about this one um, far as I can tell is that this is more of an employment issue and whether she was actually under team GB or uh, like a sole proprietor and their rules are probably a little different than they are here in the States but um the 29 year old wanted to see governing body bc and funding agency uk sport wanted to sue them for wrongful dismissal and sexual discrimination in january varnish lost her employment tribunal after the judge ruled in favor of british cycling and uk sport prompting her to launch an appeal on tuesday judge mr justice chowdhury ruled in favor of british cycling once again saying the original tribunal quote had not erred in its approach to the assessment of employee status and that's the the kind of the interesting part here and this is what you have i don't, I don't know maybe we should talk to mike um Sayers at some point about how cyclists are determined you know we, we did this with um dr braley and kind of how weird it is for cyclists because they're sole proprietors but you're working for his company and so that you've got a weird thing with uh, health insurance as an example um and you know the uh, Olympic athletes aren't necessarily the best well taken care of in this case. So Varnish had claimed that British cycling had extreme control over her and other athletes and that she was discriminated against former coach Shane Sutton. She pulled from the elite track program in 2016 shortly before she made public allegations of discrimination by Sutton. Sutton denied the allegations, but an internal investigation upheld that he, quote, used inappropriate and discriminatory language towards Varnish. Well, shame on him. I shouldn't be doing that uh, i bet it is pretty tough to be uh in i think some of the years ago it was much much worse being a female um either over in europe maybe not so bad in the states but um under these regimes you know it's difficult enough you read stories of greg lamond as an example in the 80s uh, 70s 80s uh, he goes over to europe he's wearing sunglasses you're like dude you don't wear sunglasses well then that kind of became the norm um, he then is wants to have his wife with him during you know between racing and uh, at a race, you don't do that. I mean, it's it's uh, his training was different, and you know so there's all these European techniques and training techniques and and um, everything that the norms that you have, and then he's breaking the rules. Well, imagine trying to be a female in the sport at that time as well, or even a little bit thereafter. It's probably a little, little bit more um, difficult when you have a lot of this Eastern European. Uh, not Eastern European, but old world European world where they didn't even want women on the tour. They couldn't even do um, masseuse stuff, so that's a bit tough. So British Cycling. Uh, Chris Froome, part of this whole British Cycling stuff coming up, uh, as we know, he's leaving and going to Israel Cycling Academy. It's going to be very interesting to see what that team Israel Startup Nation, sorry, what that team does to try to get in back support for him. There was questions of whether he was going to go to Bahrain because one of the former Sky guys, I wanted to say Sutton, but I don't believe it's him. I'm trying to remember which one it is, that had been with Sky had moved over to Bahrain and he was part of that. Uh, well, questioned where there is. Anyway, he's over at Ineos now, or he's with Ineos. He's going to be with um, them in the, and just the whole Sky presence, you know, once again, going back to seeing this Lance 30 for 30, which we talked about and then reading um, uh, Jonathan Vodder's book, um, the the actually more of the book that I was reading the the whole time when Sky was just starting to come into existence, and actually it was was it during that 2009 tour I think it was part of that whole deal where they were trying to get Brad Wiggins over to Team Sky and just the kind of dirty games they were playing there um, just kind of made you feel. Eh. And then now we've had Sky kind of be the dominant factor for so long, and I think everyone's just kind of done with that. So. Are we shitting on British cycling? Not necessarily, it's been good to see them focus and up their game, and and incredibly so. Um, Let's assume that they're doing it all legally, and if that's the case that they're doing it all legally, then uh, hey, it's kind of exciting, it's not a big deal. All right, I had another thing about uh, cyclic ads. I don't know if you've ever seen some of those. Um, I'm gonna maybe save that for next time, but because I had a a little uh, clip I wanted to play and we'd talk about it. Um, Basically, the problem I have with some of this is we have this relationship of cycling and um, cars, and we're trying to live together cohesively on all these kind of things. A uh, friend just got hit by a car this week. Uh, not bad. He's able to, to, to resolve everything out with it. Um, we've had pictures uh, in our intro, it shows uh, Scott Hooper getting, falling down, hitting a rock and going out into the cars. So you have these issues where, you know, there's some companies and some advocates that any bike wreck they try to utilize those to kind of funnel in to get a wedge to enhance the con the, the notoriety or the, the the thought process around protecting cyclists totally get that but i saw this one cyclic ad and i've seen a few of them that they have the you know it's a camera on the front and on the back and they'll show interaction either with cars or with like traffic islands or some other things and and they push those out as just like oh we've got to take action and this is a horrible thing and i've seen more than one of those I've, i know two specifically where it looked like it's not anything to do with fault of the of the, the traffic not anything to do with the fault of the the way that the road is formed um and it's a cyclist fault and i just saw one recently and it was abysmal and they were like oh look at this we have to this is the horrible the, this way this road is formed and 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 Constructed And, you know, this poor cyclist. And when you look at it and you're like, oh, the cyclist just didn't know what he's doing and he went down. Well, I have a clip of that. I'll show it. Maybe we'll do it another time because um, I just don't have it really up and running and ready to go. COVID bubble. What is the COVID bubble? Well, you're getting some teams now and also in the NBA uh, where they are trying to do team events, team rides and uh, like camps. And so they're putting the whole team in what they would call what they call COVID bubble and um Sunweb recently had to send Michael Storer home for breaking this and so it looks uh, like it might be somewhat of a, of a problem. Sunweb rider sent home from training camp after breaking coronavirus rules, team said they have put strict precautions in place. Sunweb rider Michael Storer has been sent home after he breached the coronavirus rules. He was sent away from the team's Camp in Katai, Austria, after he failed to follow the strict precautions the team put in place. 23 year old Australian left the team hotel to go shopping, despite Ryder being banned from leaving the premises to avoid risks of infection. Riders based in the camp split into three bubbles. No other guests currently staying at the hotel, and all the riders not allowed <clears throat> physical contact with the outside world. Spokesman told the website, We are applying very strict precautions during our training camp in Austria. We want to limit the interaction with the outside world as much as possible to minimize the risk of infection in the various bubbles. We'll tour racing is set to return. This is the exciting part. August 1 was Strada Bianca, the first race on the calendar. That will be um, hopefully exciting. That was one of the ones that, um, one of the first ones that disappeared. Teams have been ramping up their training and a number of outfits have been organizing camps in Europe. The men's, women's development team, uh, Sunweb squads are all in Austria, 2000 meters above sea level to prepare for the season. We have suspended which was suspended by the UCI back in March. Sunweb said on their team website, in close cooperation with the facility, extension, uh, extensive precautions regarding health and safety is being taken so that the team can put the finishing touches in their training safety, safely and in a top sports environment. Okay, so this is good for them. They have this whole camp and they're obviously trying to make it uh, so they can, they can participate. Uh, what's interesting, there's another one that just happened. This one is with the NBA and uh, as King's writer, I'm mean, writer. Yeah, I don't think the Kings are, are writing, but um, it was a King's uh, player. NBA player has to quarantine for 10 days momentarily after uh, leaving the NBA bubble to pick up his food delivery. <laughs> this is great. So Rashawn Holmes, uh, NBA was uh, not kidding around. They have strict policy for leaving the Disney world bubble on Monday. The athlete athletics shams. Sharina reported that. I don't even know what the fuck Oh, I don't know what that is. Uh, Sacramento Kings Center, Rashawn Holmes has to quarantine for 10 days after, I, I like this part, accidentally leaving the campus borders. Holmes was picking up food delivery. Uh, While well, few details are available about where Holmes went, how far off campus he got and what the order was, Holmes did issue a statement. Uh, let's see if we can find the statement. Um Anyway, teams are expected to uh, report violations of the league's protocols and such. Uh, What's interesting is in his statement, he did say that he um, accidentally left. I don't know. How do you – it's like um, I'm a little bit pregnant. No, you didn't accidentally. I don't think – someone pushed you over the line. You accidentally walked out. Come on. That's uh, a little ridiculous. So with that – you're probably going to see a lot more of that. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how they parlay this into um, the, the Tour de France and any of these other races that we could go in here if they try to do the similar thing all throughout the race. Um, you know keep the public away. Uh, maybe this is you know the Giro. the people go there and say, oh, you know the crowds aren't too big, like you get up from and walking and, or you know, some of these other races you just get easily. We'd see as a Tour of California. you get a little bit more easily walk up to riders and stuff. Um, I, I guess the riders might be even be a little more cautious about doing that. I mean, you're going to be cautious about taking bottles from the side of the road. You probably not going to see any of that. Um, but you know, in those desperate times, you'll do it like you're on a group ride or or guys out there just fighting up the climb and it's hot <clears throat> and he's off the back and some young kid is holding the bottle out to him. Are you going to take it? Maybe, maybe you just take the lid off and pour it over your head. could be the way to go, but, uh, I'd be just. I don't know maybe a little bit more concerned skeptical it might be the way to say it about whether you're going to see Riders being able to take any kind of um, anything really uh, from the side of the road. So uh, maybe. Mm. How about some things that make you go hmm, you know, it's probably time at some point to get a little different Little different sound um, Segments. we we'll do some different segments and, and change some things up here a little bit. But um, for right now, this is what we got. Hmm, So what we're going to talk about. Well, I thought we'd talk about maybe the EF. Uh, I saw this article that was kind of interesting about uh, cycling news, about evaluating EF pros cycling Tour de France long list. <clears throat> what made me kind of think about this was we had had the um, Tour of Colombia earlier this year where the Colombians had just smashed it. Uh, oh, it's also interesting. I just saw that there, I think it's this weekend. Um, Colombia, the the president of Colombia is getting together. The, and Jesus, this could go horribly wrong if something does go wrong. And I mean, like the uh, the the oh, what was it? Was a uh, trying to remember? Several years ago, it was a whole group of like uh, Olympic athletes from like Colombia or somewhere, or uh, uh, crashed in Peru. I don't know in the, in the in the Indies or something like that. Their airplane went down. Maybe it was a boxing team or something like that. It was for Olympics. Dear God, I hope that doesn't happen. But I'm saying they're gonna they're gonna uh, get a, a whole plane and they're gonna send like 160 some athletes of, from Colombia over to Europe. And they said that when they arrive over there in Spain, they've already cleared them because if they say that they're cleared through the, whatever protocol that they have to, you know, charter this plane and to go, they're they're gonna be cleared and they'll be able to, to basically get into the country without a problem. So that will be very interesting. So it was with this in mind, I saw that that I, I went back to. Um, the I saw this article and I thought it was quite interesting to talk about EF Education first and in the tour, partly because of who, just how well they had done earlier in the year and done some well uh, last year. So maybe we'll take a look and, and just walk through <clears throat> kind of their tour team and what they have to offer. So this is all in stating, because they're still pushing out that um, um, Rigoberto Uran is their man for the tour. So when you have that in mind, these are the riders that they think are going to be helpful um rigoberto uran if you read uh Vauder's book uh he even dedicates it a part of it to him in there um he was really grateful you know the team is going under uh they're not sure they're going to get the ef education thing and rigoberto had just come off of you know third place at the tour de france was it third or second and um you know i think it was second place he had got because i think he moved up with the time trial uh so he was very impressive he was kind of you know could have Garnered quite a bit of a a contract from someone somewhere and he told Vodders, I'm gonna stick with you I'm gonna hang out I'm gonna wait and he waited and waited past the deadline and Basically Vodders is like this is so amazing. I think you're an amazing guy So he's gonna probably get the the tour call up and first of all when you get what second place like I said You're gonna get a shot at at going for the tour I mean TJ's got um, fifth place before and he's not really getting the call up anymore and yet I think he's barely like 30 if he's in that um, okay so then perhaps a few well nailed uh, nailed on candidates probably only the Colombian climbers Rigoberto and Sergio Higuita that's who they think might uh, this this article of who might be the people that uh, EF would use for um, their primary um, GC riders so who would be their support well so you got those two guys so the next one Alberto betiol 26 years old raced the tour twice um, two or twice he did it in uh, he was going for What do they say here when you, Oh yeah He's the reigning uh, f- Tour of Flanders champion I don't know if he'll be able To to defend that And that's actually What they had Required the best preparation To defend your crown and In 2020 The best classics preparation Just happened to mean Riding the Tour de France Or at least for the first 12 days That would hardly impact EF in a negative way Given that Betty L some sort, uh, Is in the sort of right. You know this makes me wonder um, Is he going to do the tour I, I need to look at the schedule again And then um, Mark Tucker says Hi Gives a little clap there We'll show that on screen Thank you Mark Um, makes me wonder here with uh, the way that so there's a rule in the uci rule that let's say you're in the tour de france and you're doing the tour you crash out you have no fault of your own maybe day one maybe day two um you 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 know damn the weeks the the tour is three weeks long um by week two you're you're good to go you want to race again there's another race maybe the tour austria is going on hey, I'm going to do the Tour of Austria. You can't because you were signed up and you were participating in that first race. So it restricts, and that's, that's just the most um, genial way of describing a situation that you had no uh, power over on yourself. But now you're, uh, maybe you're a sprinter and you just decide you want to pull out and then you want to go do this other race. So there's a rule in place that you can't just quit a race and go and do another one. So you have to wait till that race was over and then you're qualified to go. I wonder with the compact season, if they're going to change it. So is the tour of Flanders during the tour de France is Betty all going to be able to do 12 days of the tour and then kick out and go and do in the tour de Flanders. Um, it'd be really interesting to see if that's the possibility. I think they should do that. Uh, why not? It's a weird season anyway. So, um, Betty all defending champ. We'll see what he does there. Um, Hugh Carthy, 26 years old. Hasn't raced at all, but he did remember he did he's an English guy. He did super good in the Volta last year I'm trying to remember if he not the Volta, the Giro. Uh, I think he was 11th and um, 11th or 12th he and his teammate were right there next to each other um, Dombrowski uh, But I don't think they were top 10 it could be 10 to 11 and, or 11 and 12 But they were right next to each other and he did pretty good um, 26 years old on the long list for the tour EF requires climbers, and if they're serious about also mounting a sustained GC challenge, cycling McCarthy would weaken the team's Giro options, but the tour is the tour, and now more than ever, with sponsors who are needing a P-Z, you need your strongest team. <clears throat> and it will be um, the case this year. They're going to be able, it's the first event going on. It's the first one, the, the grand tour, at least it's the first uh, one of the season. They're probably going to pack that as much as possible. It's just a shortened season, see what you can have, and maybe some of those guys don't have a great chance, and they're there um crash out or you get sick or something you still have a chance boom get back in and you can do the Giro that comes up after the tour um next one we have here is Simon Clark um 33 raced 5 different tours he's usually the road captain yeah so it says here undisputed road captain he hasn't lost his touch for the break or the win uh did he win i'm trying to remember if there was a race last year that he won like the it was either an early season or was he doing well in the uh the Vuelta magnus court a uh, little bit of a bigger guy, Dane is far more than just a sprinter. He enters the best years. EF will be tempted to bring the 27-year-old. This is pretty young. <clears throat> all these guys. Um, there's no triple T this year. There's no. Remember, there's only one time trial. That time trial is up La Planche de Belfi on day the second to last day of the race. So it's a climbing time trial, and so you're not going to really need these. Um, it, it may restructure your whole race because Chris and I were talking last week about bringing. You know, you might need some of these guys for the classics, but the classics are kind of taking precedent it because it's all over 20 intertwining this year. Maybe that's the thing you're not having team time trial. Um, you have a little bit of some of these more shortened stages. Maybe you do, or don't maybe you need the big guys. Maybe you just need all the climbers. Lawson Craddock. You remember him? I think it was, was it last year? He's on two tours. He was off the wrecked on day one and sat on the back the whole time and raised money for a Houston velodrome. That's kind of his claim there, but he's a strong guy. He would, um, Bastille, Liège Bastille, Baston Liege a few years ago. He did fairly well and uh, no time trial, but he can uh, he can race and he made the final list of 10 that trained in Girona before the final selection. I think that was last year. Yeah. Sergio Higuita, very impressive. He came on, was it last year at the Tour of California, stormed up the climb with Pogacar. Yeah, Pogacar, the next great thing, I think. 22-year-old had one grand tour to his name, but his 14th place in a stage winner last year's Vuelta. That's right, he won a stage at the Volta last year. It very impressive. String of other impressive results means a Colombian will head to the tour. I, I think you're gonna see him at the tour, not a problem. Um, Tano Kangert, uh, 33, raced five tours. Uh, top result, 16th in place. Uh, I don't know a ton about him, but uh, just kind of a team rider there. Jens Kukuler is a bigger guy. Um, Belgian, done three tours. Uh, more like core, Daniel Martinez. Daniel Martinez. I mean, he was he killed it there in uh, Tour of Colombia this year. He's 24. He was, raced one tour. Um, was it the Vuelta? He made his debut at the Tour de France in 2018. Is on the long list after tackling the Vuelta in 2019. He started the season well and strong. Where da, 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 da. he sits in the team pecking over, however, remains unclear. But remember, he was he was uh, him Haguita, and um, I'm trying to remember one other. <clears throat> we're riding really well tour Columbia earlier this year going up against Egon Bernal Uh kind of killing it against him nelson palace This is our own guy 23 years old never raced the tour did the Giro last year I'm, mean, sorry the Volta last year with sepkos and obviously in defense, uh helping the win uh for uh, primus roglic and he was not quite as impressive as sepkos, but he was it was those sepkos roglic and um Nelson Palace, always one of the last three on the, on the climbs. And it wasn't like Sepp, when you saw Sep do the Vuelta the year before that, where he was on the front, but only stages one through 10, and then you didn't see him anymore. This was uh, last stages when they really needed it. Nelson Palace was there. Let's see what they say. Former jumbo business rider uh, has only one Grand Tour under his belt, but he's highly talented all-arounder. His pedigree at under 23 level was unquestionable with the stage a win a piece at the Baby Giro. Tour d'Alvernier and a development in Jumbo-Visma was hardly stunted, but the EF offer more freedom and potential growth. It might be too soon for Palace to make his Tour debut, and he might instead benefit from another tilt at the Volta, where he can aim to show progress from last year. His GCU results in the week-long races have been very consistent, but a breakthrough win Would certainly propel him up ef's pecking order only thing i would say there is uh does the team know how well he's been taking kom's here in my backyard um we see him out all the time and he's just snagging these things off right and left um we'll talk last about before we head out uh we'll get all through here but one of the last things about um, the very individual south canal time trial series and the thing we had yesterday he probably just doing this out there he probably would have won that yesterday rigoberto ran 33 race six tours yeah second in 2017 um he's going to be one of their unquestioned leaders obviously and the route they're saying the route is well suited to his style of racing there's no time trial so i don't know if if it's all i mean he's a decent time trial he's not the best he doesn't uh necessarily stack up to some of the best time trialers, but he's definitely better than a lot of the climbers so that could be um Good or bad? I don't know. Ran a just the sort of rider at 33. Could be the watershed moment that helps him transition to a different role as his career moves into a different phase. TJ, 31, raced eight tours. He's the most, maybe, uh, seasoned of this whole group. Fifth. Remember, he was fifth, uh, two times there, 2012 and 14. Um, super domestique. Uh, deep, dude, his mind. You hear an interview with him, and he's, uh, yes, John Nilsson Palace, yes. Nilsson, we'll hope, hopefully he makes it. Uh, You know, Nilsson's gonna get a chance. We'll go back to him real quick here. Nilsson definitely is going to get his chance to race one of the Grand Tours. Like I said, when you have them all so compact together, you're like, I don't think uh, (laughs) Adam, uh, what's his name, Uh, from the Australian, would be able to do the, the uh, every, you know, he was doing what 18, 20 some tours in a row. He'd do the, the Giro, the tour and the Vuelta. I don't think a year like this year would, he'd be able to do that. Cause that'd be 30, 16, about 90 straight race days. Plus there's some overlapping. So <clears throat> it's just not possible. But with that in mind, um, TJ, you know interviews he's uh, okay now i'm, I'm not going to be mentally the team leader and then well i'm going to be team leader well now i'm changing and he's always changing as it's always a mental thing and now he's saying you know i i heard an interview not too long ago with him uh, over the corona break and he's like look i spent so much time like trying to focus to be that climber that i didn't really focus on my time trialing, and so you know now, now i'm going to go back to kind of my strengths and i'm like okay it, there's always a, a new thing and and yes, God help you. I hope you You do well. I would love to see you um, helping your team out there. Uh, Mike Woods, one of the most, inter- he's only 33. So he's the same as Iran, R- but he just hasn't been around as long. Top uh, raced once. He was 32nd in the 2019. Remember he won a stage in the um, Volta a few years ago. Super kicker. It's really emotional for him. Kind of comes out of the fog. Um, also, when, you know, 2019, was it 2019? No, 2018 uh, World Championships. He was right up there with the sprint finish, kind of cramped in the finish, and uh, Alberto, uh, Alejandro Valverde, the old man, um, ended up winning that. Canadian did fracture his femur in Paris-Nice this year, but pro postponement of the Tour de France from July to August, has provided the 33-year-old with added respite and recovery time. His tour selection entirely rests on his form and fitness post-injury. Okay, we'll just stop there because, hey, he broke the femur. We don't know what kind of position. He's in, um, did he really break the femur? You know, I see Chris Froome. We don't always know, you know, he faked his crash. Maybe Nelson, uh, uh, Mike Woods faked his as well. We don't know. We don't always know what these guys are doing. Um, everything, nothing's true. Nothing's, uh, what it seems to be. Um, no, but I think you get the uh, Mike Woods is, like I said, you're probably going to get chances of Mike Woods and some of these guys that maybe in a normal year he might not make the tour team just simply because of his fractured, you know, femur, did I say femur. Uh but this year he probably will be those did out there maybe you'll know how bad John John Novikov could probably recover from this cuz he just he went from like what, 20, 30 miles an hour to zero in like zero seconds, hit a tree, smashed his leg up. He's still back on the bike. It was torn something in his knee. Um, and he 's still fine; he seems to be riding well um, maybe that 's the case here i don 't know how bad a femur. God, that sounds like a horrible break. Do you remember a few years ago um Arnold Schwarzenegger was skiing and he got his foot he 's just at the bottom of the you know waiting to get on the lift and he I think he got his skis crossed or something like this, and he was falling forward and he snapped his femur can you just uh the weight maybe um i did his did his uh did, did his cleaning lady did she push him Was that was that what was going on there? Anyway, um, the femur sounds like a horrible and and I'm trying to remember it was back when Chris Horner was first doing some of the Jiro stuff, not with track, maybe with Sonner Duvall, and he was doing the Jiro and he made it like 15 days. He was doing great, but he had ended up riding with like a fractured hip or something like that for several days. I mean, it's imagine. Um, John says. Femur I tried well. Yeah, but you didn't try hard enough because you didn't break it How about some winners and losers? <clears throat> um, I'm gonna start with my winner. We're starting on the local um, Local scene here. We did this very individual time trial series um, up This climb we have here called Beatty um, There's this and I, and I put out a video if you want to check on our channel I did a little breakdown of the rate of the ride beforehand it's A little bit wrong on the route, but very close to what the route was, um, and it's like nine and a half minutes for the best guys, or so. But the best guy was like eight minutes, and his name was Lars Lofgren. He's a local guy. Um, I imagine he's a masters racing, and we've seen him out on group rides. Um, the guy absolutely killed it. Eight sixteen was his time. Next was I think Jason Griffath, somewhere around nine oh seven, no nine eleven. Then uh, Randall Dell at nine to 13 i was nine seventeen. there was a few other smatterings of other people but uh lars Loflin, ridiculous uh climb up there i was going down just i was warming up and i was at the top going down the segment and he was halfway up just just flying and it was uh it was very impressive so um congrats to him he's our winner for the week over here um winner of a week for a few weeks ago mark tucker bagley those guys that went to georgia congrats to them and uh let me know if you're going back. I think uh, that's probably going to be something you're gonna do. The loser for the week is all, now I'm gonna say this and, and stick with me until I finish the sentence. Um, the loser of the week are all those women, pause, dramatic effect. Uh, all those women that were going to be able to do the uh, Colorado Cycling Classic. Um, it has officially been canceled. So here's the, so we get this up here. Colorado Classic doubles down on support for women's racing, even as 2020 edition gets canceled. Um, July 17, just today, despite the fierce commitment to creating a safe and live racing, safe live racing model and advancing the sport of professional women's cycling. The Colorado Classic presented by VF Corporation today announced that their four-day race will not take place this year, citing COVID safety concerns, of course. Um, instead the race organizer doubled down the championship support of women's racing under their, we ride umbrella. So we ride for women's fundraiser and virtual ride. This campaign is attended to financially support. Okay. I'm not going to go in. You can read that if you want there. The result really is they're not um, having the race this year. Very sad to see no racing. They're having virtual everything. Um, we'll get back here to this. I just want to put this on the screen racing Tong in Georgia two next Friday we're all going back that's from Mark Tucker so he's headed back to Georgia we'll try to maybe um, do another update with him and good luck Mark uh, appreciate you chiming in on that uh, the women so Colorado man I'm disappointed I was really hoping out there in Colorado that they were going to be able to have this race uh, something big on the calendar for the women <clears throat> nothing else is going on maybe this would like kind of attract everyone in there but um, evidently they just can't do it so they're they're trying to funnel their money elsewhere and look I'll give the the colorado classic people a little bit of a a comment here They're, they're they're always pushing things out on social media they're trying to stay relevant they're trying to stay in the mix so that you get a little because it's right now i mean look what we're doing on today's show we're talking about all kinds of crap because we're trying to just have fun stay in the mix and and keep this up the virtual they're doing a virtual tour de france um i've not followed any of that every once in a while i see some results in there not too interested um the reason i'm not too interested is because when you're I'm gonna get guff, I'm sure. When you're seeing a rally rider win a stage of the Tour de France, that's when you know it's not the Tour de France. I would love to see a rally rider win a stage of the Tour de France in real, but um, that's not gonna happen. And one, they're not gonna get selected. And then two, it's just not gonna happen. So that's why I know it's just virtual. We're doing what we can. But you know what we're doing out here? We're doing this little time trial series. We're going up hills, we're going down canals. Uh, next week, it's somewhere else. So if you're up in the Sacramento area and you want to join in this, check out our Facebook page. You can also link over there on the the very individual Time Trial, South Canal Time Trial series. And you can check all that out for all your needs for racing. Um, that's all we've got for today, folks. So... Um, Next time, maybe maybe you guys can leave some comments in here and let me know or hit us up on our Facebook page. When would be a good time on a week to do a live show? And we'll try to do it. If it's later in the afternoon, uh, one of the reasons I'm doing it at 1.30 is because I uh, started this today is, um, so I can just call, call it a day and go home. So I don't want to be doing this necessarily at home in the afternoon. Um, it doesn't have to be on a Friday. Give me a date that maybe works best, maybe a Thursday, and we'll see what we can do. So other than that... Um, I hope everyone is having a good day and that you are doing the best you can for riding. Get out there, get some sunshine. It's going to be a hot one this week. I think we're going to be going out, maybe, John? John, are we going to go to Forest Hill? Side-by-side riding, no, right? Can't Can't have it any other way. Anyway, thanks, everybody, for joining us today, the Between Two Wheels podcast. As always, hang in there. Check us out. Hey, why we got a chance? One last thing, everybody just click a like button that's all you have to do maybe put a comment in there five stars saying hey I like this show or not but um, everyone should check it out themselves alright take care Between Two Wheels podcast episode 183 find us on Facebook all the other places you can keep the riverside down